Welcome to the podcast. Come be part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Hey, what's up, Carl? So, Luke. I brought uh, that down quick. How often do you... Yeah, you did. I'm going to let it play right there for a second <clears throat> to make up for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Luke, I didn't know that you ate things that were that hot. He thinks he likes that. You think idea. you like it? <clears throat> I do. Yeah. It's uh, It wasn't So it was unbearable. a spicy chicken from Wendy's it's or the, the, the ghost, ghost pepper? Ghost pepper spicy chicken. Have you had one before? I had something similar that they had a couple years ago. A couple years ago. Not this one. Not he and likes this pepper lit jack. you up, right? This was pretty hot. It was hotter than I expected it to be, but it was good. <clears throat> I'm just he always says in that. recovery mode. His I've never is... heard him say that it didn't taste good, whatever the hot thing was. Mm-hmm. Well, there are some hot things that do have like a like sort of a spicy peppery taste. And then there's other hot things that just taste like straw that's been set on fire. <laughs> he likes peppery taste, which I get. I understand. But I'm saying even if it was just straight up flame, he will still say, that wasn't bad, though. wasn't bad. Yeah. Oh, that, though. So, and you can't Our feel your mouth like right really now? really loud, They too. are really loud. <clears throat> I, I, I consume more black pepper than the average person, I feel like. Is black pepper hot? No, but That's it's just the greatest seasoning ever. Yeah. I put it on everything. He also likes... Um, I knew that. I remember pepper. the first time you, that we had dinner at our house, and you... I asked where your black pepper was, yeah, and you guys had to, like, search for it. And I was like, what am I marrying into we here? Found, we found it, and then there was just a cloud of pepper. <laughs> and then he sneezed. <laughs> As Luke was... Shaking it all over his food. And I thought the same thing. I thought, what in the world has my daughter eat, brought home? He will eat a baked potato. He'll order baked potatoes from Burger King with nothing but pepper on them. No he, butter? Well, he'll put butter on them. He had to go tell the kids to be quiet. They're being happy. They're just... They are happy. Bears, bears. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not an invention of theirs. They, that's a song from Slugs and Bugs. Which we've sung to you before. That That's the guy who wrote the Pangolin song. Uh-huh. Same guy. My gosh. Is that loud? Or, or is it just that I've got my thing turned up too loud? Got him scraping Can that Can you chair? say that again? Because it sounded like you said sluts and bugs. Slugs and bugs. Slugs, Slugs and bugs. Okay. I knew it wasn't what I heard. Slugs and bugs. Sluts and, and bugs. And also, the, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. You should check him out, Carl. He's a Christian guy. Oh, He's got the Fruits of the Spirit song. That He's is a good one. He's got the Pangolin song. He's got the where you gotta go, where you gonna go when you gotta go, which is helping a little kids about going learn to about going to the potty. By and the way, we're doing bears. a song. Juwan's gonna do his first class song this week. Yes, on skews. Well, this will have come out this will, after that. This will be too late, but you can look it up on YouTube. Yeah, you can go back and watch the skews episode from what will have what will be yesterday mm-hmm. by the time you're hearing this. But yeah, bears, bears, they got no cares. Bears don't drink from a cup. Sharp teeth and claws and furry paws to catch you and eat you up. 
That's the song lyrics, and that's what Colin was merrily singing in there. Singing away. And that took a turn. Yeah. yeah. But so Silas jolly. went outside before Luke came home. His mother sent him outside to pick up the towels. Go outside and pick up all the towels, Silas. And so he did. And I watched him go out the door, and he <laughs> noticed that I was watching him and started. Can't have that. Started a performance. Can't have Grandpa watching without something worthwhile to see. I'm not just going to pick up a towel. And so he went into this <laughs> not dance. style and flair, anyway. Yep. And... Uh, <laughs> That's pretty common. I said, some kids need you to go with them so that they will be accountable and they will get down to business and work harder. Yep. But if Silas takes a friend with him, he will get he's, less done. He's going, <laughs> he's going to put on a show. <laughs> he but he'll have a lot of fun. He's better off just going and doing the chore himself. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, the other thing that is, that's been happening, Carl... Uh, is Luke has just... <laughs> Luke has made a nuisance of himself he on has. social media. He, he has... It, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but it's been a number of years when you were appalled, is that the right word? With the, Uncomfortable, certainly. With the manner with which we posted on social media, engaged on social media... Because we were just dipping our toes in, we were just starting to, starting to post and uh, on the blog mainly. Yeah, this the was blog. on the blog. Yeah. And now look at you. I am not responsible for past me <laughs> stirring up controversy. You're not? <laughs> <laughs> Who is <laughs> responsible for past you? Who do I talk to? Uh, yeah, I go through phases of. Okay, so fighting. So Luke posted a quote from John MacArthur and, and tell Carl what it was and, and then answer a question for me. Did you think that you were going to get uh, some pushback? Shade? Do you remember Did you what think it was? That people were going to throw heat at you for that. It was John MacArthur saying, I couldn't care less what an unbeliever wants in a church service. Mm. Which he shared with us first. Luke. I did. Luke, not yeah. John MacArthur. I don't know John MacArthur. I shared it because it was right on point with what we would have been talking about in men's group the night before right yep. and so right so he shared <clears throat> luke shared it with just dad and i and then and then i shared it without with any push without any encouragement or suggestion no. from us he shared it on his own wall just put it up on his wall off we went and off it went there was a guy at bible study at our men's group who asked uh sincerely he goes, why do people go to this church? Why are so many people going to this church and people don't go to other churches? And it's one of the bigger churches in our area. And oh, I think... I see. Not John MacArthur's no, church. No, no. I think he was the guy in our Bible study. And I think he was trying to analyze what sort of programs, tactics, procedures are being used by the, quote, successful churches in our area. Right. He was asking what sort of tactics are is the church that is successful in Kokomo or seems right. to be successful. He wasn't asking why is John MacArthur's church successful. Right. Is what I'm saying. Right. He was asking he was asking why this church is bigger than our church, for example. Right. And I don't think he was expecting Your answer. I don't think he was expecting our answer. <laughs> I don't no. even know what your answer was officially, except I do. I'm you sure know what I is. know what your answer would have been. I'm saying I haven't heard the story, but I'm yeah. sure he wasn't expecting your oh, I thought answer. you and Luke talked about it. Uh uh-uh. uh. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, we didn't have the time. 
if you got yeah. home late enough. Well, you know exactly what my answer was, but it but it was not what they were expecting. And Luke was, you know, Luke had a similar perspective. So, all right. So then he posted, "I could not. I couldn't care less what a non-believer wants in a church service." Which mm-hmm. on the Fight Laugh Peace Network, Carl. Anybody is, listening? Is not scandalous. Mm-mm. No. No, they're upset with John MacArthur in some circles that we run in because he is not a post-millennialist. Right. So he believes that, um, I, I don't know if he's a dispensationalist, but the point is he believes that things are going to get worse before they get better. Mm-hmm. So he was quoted as saying, we lose here on earth. Mm-hmm. We don't win here on earth, <clears throat> we lose. Right, we don't lose, we go, so much else in there, and the people who are of the... Uh, post mill, oh, yeah, variety. the post mill people who think that things are just going to con- perpetually get better and better and better and until Christ completed His work on the cross, and so therefore He is victorious. He's not a loser. He's building His kingdom here. It takes a while, you know, but it's right. an optimistic eschatology, as they call it. So they have some qualms with J. Mac, John MacArthur, about that, right? Um, but and women have a problem with him. Well, there are women who are in the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network and who listen to our podcast who are totally fine with everything that he did with um, masking and, yeah, with with telling Beth Moore to go home. And so what I'm saying is there may be reasons to disagree with him, with John MacArthur. Sure. But this quote. Well, I got pushback. I posted this also on Gab. Oh, did you? I got pushback. On Gab. Yeah. I didn't even know anyone was still using Gab. I didn't know you were either. Boy, what? No. Look at look! Look what happened to him. <laughs> what are you doing over there? <laughs> it was dumb pushback, though. It was like this guy's a Calvinist, so we don't care what he says. Was basically the pushback. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Well, there are a bunch of anti-Semites. There are a bunch of anti-Semites on uh, Gab. What does it have to do with Calvinism? I, I, thought d- I have no idea. It just doesn't completely. matter. Once you're, it, it, well, it's like it, it's any sort of person who once they once they pigeonhole you as a a Calvinist or whatever, then they disregard everything you say because you're wrong about this one thing or you disagree about this one thing. Therefore, everything is tainted by Okay, your... this says Grace Community Church is a non-denominational church in California. And yeah, I don't think he officially says... But see, I don't he think I'm a Calvinist either, Baptist. but you keep swearing to me that I am. No, but he identifies as a Baptist. Like, Well, so did I. No, you didn't. <laughs> Don't be confusing. It's not the time for this. I thought I was a Southern Baptist. He goes, I won't believe. Read that quote to somebody like Carl. That It's like, duh, of course we shouldn't care what the non-believers want in a church service. This isn't Burger King. We're not trying to... Just like we talked about on the last episode. Is that what he said or is that what you said? No, it's me saying. Like, you... <laughs> It's about customer service for so many people. Right. We're sick of it. Like I, I honestly didn't think I would get pushback on the quote itself. I thought I would get pushback. Oh, you sweet summer child. I thought I'd get pushback on not framing it very well. Because I said, this, this should be the norm. You are not loving me like Jesus, and quotes, be gone wolf. Yeah, which right. is vague. Right, I he's did saying not... people often say, non-believers will often come to you and say, you're not loving me like Jesus. And right. Luke's response to that was, be gone, wolf. But I didn't really <laughs> set that up very well. I just threw it out there. Yeah, and so no. I thought well, that Well, it that made would perfect cause... sense in the framework that we've been in the last couple of weeks. So well, Us, yes. As yeah. we've said many, many, many times, as we've noted, 
people don't get upset when they misunderstand your framing or they right. misunderstand your clarification. Like they get upset when you hit it on the nose and communicate very clearly. Right. When they're mad, it means they understood what you said. Right. So that wasn't it. Apparently you said it just fine because there were <laughs> how many? Different my, my phrasing on Gab was if only this was the perspective of all shepherds stop pandering to wolves. That's that's good. what I should have said. That's good. It wouldn't have changed it though. Wouldn't have changed anything. When you when you identify non-believers in our circle as wolves, mm-hmm. pagans, heathens, uh, uh, <laughs> sinners, foul, wretched hellspawn. <laughs> when you when you refer to them as as bad people, it's it sets them on edge. Yeah. It sets the Christian people on edge. It does. So, I'm, how many of these am I supposed to read? Like uh, as many as you think are relevant. You're you're the one who likes to do specific, actual, real life quotes. Yeah. Well, because I'll tell you why. Because it I got, in, it got people thinking. That one lady said. She said she thought about it all night and yes. came okay. to the conclusion Which, that I was still wrong. Right. No. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Actually, I thought that that was probably one of the most positive things in the thread was uh-huh. like she admitted to being extremely uncomfortable and unable to sleep that night, and mm-hmm. I'm like, good. I had to drink so much whiskey to get to sleep. <laughs> it's melatonin that all the you know white women are using now. Takes oh. so much melatonin. Um, pounded a half a well, bottle. Well, it of wasn't melatonin. even like there wasn't even any discussion at all, or any dialogue, or any pushback before one person. The very first comment was, "I think believers and non-believers alike would like John MacArthur to just stop protecting sexual predators in the church." Speaking of wolves, <laughs> right? That's that's what you do. You find one. Th- he's a Calvinist. He, he's not. He said something about <laughs> Beth Moore. He he aids and abeds sexual predator. <laughs> you just find one thing, and then you. <laughs> he has a class actually where it's like um, how to hide how sexual to hide a predator. <laughs> she goes on later to say that he hides heinous acts and is worse than a wolf. Yes, like, worse than a wolf. Imagine saying that about John MacArthur. I don't have that to. That would imagine. be a wolf that farts hand grenades. <laughs> that he is a heinous. Non-Christian. I don't have to abusive. imagine because I actually read the gossip rag known as Julie Royce's uh, <laughs> website, and and I know what her report on John MacArthur was. I know for I was telling Luke this that night. I was like, "Do you even know the situation? Because it might even help you deal with the the you know Julie Royce sycophants a little better if you know what the situation was." I didn't Basically, want this woman to pull me into an entirely different conversation than I. Right, and I and I respect that. We had we had a similar, I mean, a sim, not not similar, but but sort of similar, where we had somebody that was accused of being a uh, pedophile or a sexual molester or so or whatever, and and it it just wrecked, it wrecked a lot of people. It drove families out of the church, and right, those people didn't come back, and it right. was, and it turns out that all of it was just. Just an empty accusation, but the empty accusation was all it took right. to ruin a bunch of right. reputations. And having and one guy who ends up going through the American court system and being convicted, that's all it takes for feminists 
to be like, and how many other cases have there been that have fallen Mm -hmm. through the cracks? It's like, I don't know how many. Because my guess is that there were a lot of cases of women making false accusations leading up to that. And basically, John MacArthur's big sin is failing to treat a guy as innocent, or failing to treat a guy as As criminal until he was actually officially a criminal criminal. in the eyes of the law. And, And literally... He didn't believe all women. Literally, the claim they made is... There may be certain standards or certain, you know, but, um, due processes and right. things that need to right. be met, certain criteria maybe, that needs to be maybe, met in, but not this. in the court systems. But in the church, though, they had certain church discipline policies that didn't have to be that right. way. And so we demand and, justice. And honestly, if we kill a few innocent men as, right. uh, to, catch, to catch the bad guys, it's worth it. Yeah. So... So I've heard people say that. I've heard people say, "Yeah, there may, there may be some guys who are innocent that get that get collateral damage or whatever, but it's worth it." These are the, <laughs> of course, these are women that are saying this. It's <laughs> worth it. It's worth it if some of the innocent men suffer <laughs> because we have to catch these bad guys. Well, what I told Luke was, I tend to agree with the feminists who are like, "What? What? The feminists who are like, we need more." church discipline the church needs to be tougher on wolves the church needs to be tougher on sin you know and on um shady business well but they don't mean they don't mean all wolves they mean the church needs to be tough on the wolves that they don't like right that's the big but i said if there was any justice in the church system if there was any justice in the church that this woman goes to she would be called out she would be a wolf for gossiping she'd be called out for basically doing what women did in this, like, what was it, the summer of, like, 2005 or something like that, when they were all glued to their television, like, drooling over the Casey Anthony trial. And I remember when that was happening, and I was like, what is wrong with these people? Why do they actually think they have something to contribute to this? Why do they think they have information on this that isn't all, isn't exactly what's being spoon-fed to them by the media, by you know, whatever is being released from the court records and things like that. Casey like, Anthony killed her boyfriend, didn't she? Her daughter. Her She put her daughter in a trunk or put, like, oh, drugged her in order to go I'm out to party. Some, I'm thinking of somebody else. <clears throat> they say, but, like, at the end of the day... My my women murderers get mixed up in my head. <laughs> at the end of the day... You're like, thinking of Amanda Knox. No. No? I'm thinking of... I can see your face. I can't remember her name. It doesn't matter. Okay. We're sidetracked, so... It's... It's ridiculous for women to think that they can watch these like real life soap operas and glean something from them that they need to go out and share as some kind of a ministry or like an a call to, from right. God. Like what God really they're, they're put ministry you on earth to for. murderers. <clears throat> what God really put you on earth to do is to pay close attention to a pastor in California's supposed failings and miss you know missteps like the things that he should have done in that office or in those meetings you know because why because you have just combed over all of this information that was given to you by third fourth fifth sixth parties like it's just really gross and so there's a reason that paul said they're busybodies and they're gossips and they need to get busy at and home. they go house to house um so we have several people in this thread who are friends um, well, they're not sisters. No, I was. No. Why are you trying to finish my sentence? I don't know. Because <laughs> Tabby's not here. It's Somebody else can do it. It's not super helpful. They're they're not married. I was going to say they don't have children, and so now they are babying these like 
news stories in a way that is super unhealthy. Like if you're going to feed and nourish and nurse something, it shouldn't be a grudge. Yeah. Well, if you don't have a family or children or a husband to, to pour into, then you, you find something to be an activist about. And that is the thing that you busybody yourself with. Right. So here is, uh, who knew that the church was just for Christians and catering to them? I oh. thought the goal was to draw oh. in non-Christians and teach them the word of God so they might be saved. My mistake. I posted that link. I posted the same meme that you had mm -hmm. um, on Facebook, and I had a pastor from a church show up, and he just said, yeah, and let all the sinners go straight to H-E dot, dot, dot. He wouldn't even spell out hell. <laughs> he's, he's so uh, pious. <laughs> he's too pious to write the word hell. Um, uh. and, and, and so I just asked him, he said, how... How big? How much influence do the non-believers have over your church service? Or you yeah, pastor? that's the thing. You have to point out number one that they are completely misunderstanding the quote to begin with. Mm -hmm. And what do you say? He didn't respond. I don't think. Yeah, you know, he just disappeared. He nah. didn't bother to come back. Um, but yeah, there there is. They they hear that quote. They they read that quote and they think John MacArthur doesn't care about sinners. And he doesn't care about sinners' opinions, and why should he? But that is it, that that is not the way the way a lot of evangelicals think. They, I'm sorry, but this doesn't sound loving, and it sounds a little condescending and uppity. Am I misunderstanding there. the post? Jesus wouldn't say that. That's how evangelicals. <laughs> that, think. Was, right that was that was liked by. That was liked by a divorced woman, <laughs> and mm -hmm. underneath had the same mar not married childless woman piling on to be like, that's because this quote is not taking into account the fact that the wolves that Jesus was talking about were Christian leaders, not non-believers. The Bible doesn't refer to non-believers as wolves. So that is why you should let them control your church service from beginning to end. Period. Uh, this is this is why so I post this stuff that. in in seasons because I can only take so much of going back and forth with these people, <laughs> and then I need a break. Well, you have Be to. Wolf. You told somebody they're a wolf too, didn't you? I did. You're oh a, yeah. Yeah. Shall I read that? <laughs> well, I have a history with some of these people. You're a wolf too. Well, it, it, he said feminists are wolves, too. So I don't think that he said it specifically. Well, she did her diatribe, and I said, blah, blah, feminists are wolves, too. <laughs> that was it. Yes. <laughs> blah, 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 feminists are that wolves, too. That actually made me laugh out loud. Blah, blah, feminists are wolves, too. That's yeah, it. And, and the response was, <laughs> yes, the famously radical feminist position of objecting to child abuse. <laughs> These people. <laughs> what it, it's so. What's funny about that is, once they found out. I mean, they sent the guy to trial. It's not like it's not like MacArthur's church rallied around him and and like, no, you're not taking our beloved brother away. No, they they. they right, he went to trial. He's in jail. And he went to jail. Right, which is how and they. So know. What, do, what do they want him to she do? Even, she even said, "There's actually lots of documentations and witnesses and video evidence," and it's like, 
of the trial <laughs> that he went through in the court of American law. Like, he went to jail. He went to court. What like, do you want? There's no video evidence that John MacArthur was holding meetings telling everyone to be quiet and hush this up and don't We've tell anyone. We've got to cover this up. That's not true. And so the claim being made is that he is responsible for covering up child abuse. And then the, the bait and switch or switching horses in the middle of the stream or moving the goalpost or whatever analogy you want to use, that comes by later when they're like, well, anyone who wants to look into it can go and find just pages and pages and pages of court documents. And it's like, <laughs> not not undergirding the claim that you're making, they can't. <laughs> but anyway. Here's a false accusation, and here's a bunch of court documents that have nothing to do with my false accusation. So, I how do you like that? Because of what Mandy said, I made sure to point out that she was gossiping and slandering every time she did it. Yeah. So I just kept bringing that up, and then she went away. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, she went away after saying, well, I've already said enough. I've given enough information that now anybody who's interested in... Anybody hearing who this wants can, to know the truth can go research it. Anybody who's <clears throat> reading knows which one of us is. But I'm basically just appearing right. on this podcast today so that I can assure people that I have not been locked up in the basement by my misogynistic and oppressive husband. Right. Because I know misogynistic they're misogynistic and oppressive husband lets you walk around freely. Yeah, they're wondering lately because he's been. The kind more of- likely event would be I'd come home and you would have locked yourself in the basement for some. <laughs> reason you felt you needed to that is way more likely than me oppressing you does she does she self self-isolate when she's she's as anti-feminist as anyone i've ever met yeah well that's true but i i don't think she would lock herself she's in the, the type basement. that would like write to the government i hereby revoke my voting rights and like what do you what <laughs> she might do that <laughs> yeah i got no business voting i'm a woman <laughs> <laughs> I've got a husband who can vote on behalf of our household, and if it if it stops the women who weren't able to keep a household together from voting to ruin the rest of Hooray! our household, then yeah, <laughs> I will totally do it. Bonus! <laughs> women who aren't capable of actually having a household because nobody will live under the same roof with them. We should, then, vote. We yes. should vote households. A household should vote, and the man should be in charge, and women shouldn't have to vote. Well, what about women who don't have men? How would they get a voice? It's like... I already said I have, that men, I have you don't have to sell me this. on it. I have considered this, and I am, I am in full agreement with you that that sounds wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> but women won't be able to vote. I won't be able to have a voice in politics. Yes, well, I'm already sold. I'm a bit sad that you brought up the pastor who was a male who was like, oh, no, people are now going to go to H-E blank, blank, blank. Blank, blank. You're sad, you're sad that I brought I'm that up? I'm sad you brought that up because I was about to say that the what has been happening in all of these situations, that the pushback has been coming from women in all... Well, the vast majority. Mostly. Vast majority of them. And they actually see this as their purpose in life. I mean, this is their identity, and they don't lose steam for that reason. You right. know, Luke has other things that occupy his time occasionally, and so he quits after a while because he gets tired of all of the, you know, loud crowing, and the he's reason, like, I need a break. The but reason they that don't. that pastor, all, while he is a male, the reason that he said that is because he has been completely beaten to a pulp by the feminists. I, I guarantee that he preaches sermons about loving the sinner and welcoming them amongst us because the women in his church won't tolerate him saying, 
Be gone, wolf. <laughs> right. We had it. Just, we had the same thing happen on Sunday. We had a guy in our own in our own midst to bring up. Yeah. You don't want to run the wolves off because how will they find Jesus <clears throat> if you run them off? If right. you call and, them names and, and look make them at what feel they're bad. saying, you're actually repeating the words of the wolves. The wolf literally said to Luke. Oh, I thought that Christianity was supposed to be an opportunity for you to find and save the lost. Like, what? My bad. My mistake. And it's like, yeah, it is your mistake. Because here you are trying to use what you think you know about Christianity to beat us over the head and to control the church. And that's really wicked. It's really wicked for some egotistical, arrogant wolf to have just enough Bible and just enough interest in Jesus to use him as a bludgeon. Just enough to hold other people accountable for a standard that you don't think is good enough I for you to live by. I know the Bible better than you do. They don't live by the standard. And so it's the definition of hypocrisy to be like, well, Christians, your Bible says this, this, or that. But oh, they say that all the time. And so... Th- they say that, they literally say that all, all the, time. the time. Your Bible this, your Jesus that, your God this. Right. So you have to live by this there. I will hold you to this standard. Right, that I don't live by myself. That I don't live by myself. And so what's frustrating for me is when most Christians get this, but when one or two people are not aware of what it's really like to talk to an actually dangerous, actually self-righteous, actually lost person, and they're like, I don't want to run them off. And it's like, they know that, and that's why you're weak. That's why you're the first sheep that gets eaten by said wolf, because you wander out there to the to the outside edges of the flock, and you're like, come here, wolf. You can be one of us. And you it's can like, be my friend. Stop being an idiot, sheep. Like, Jesus has pulled you back in here multiple times, and you just keep wandering out there because you think you know best, and you think that you've got this special sauce that's going to, you know, flip the wolf like no one else has ever Because no one has tried kindness ever with this wolf, ever. (laughs) No one has ever tried being nice to these wolves. All the Christians, this is is how warped their view is. They think that all evangelicals just go out there and and bang people over the head. People walk up to them in the streets. Somebody said that the other uh, last week. The evangelicals walk up to strangers in the streets and tell them that they're going to burn in hell. It's like, (laughs) nobody does that. (laughs) Nobody ever does that. No, it's literally the wolves who are like telling the sheep, hey, you know what? You should try a little kindness. It goes a long way. You can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. The wolves are the ones planting that seed in the flock. Right, yeah. And then they turn around and spread it. Speaking the truth in love does not mean... Speak the truth with flattery and compliment sandwiches and all this right. trickery, trickery. Deception. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Well, and also, right comfort is the closest. Right comfort is the closest <laughs> to telling people they're going to burn, but he doesn't say it. He just he he calls he's them liars. Also like the nicest guy. Right. He, well, he gives, he's nice, but he, he gives people gift cards. He smiles the whole time. That's he's, what I'm saying. He tells them he's he the loves closest. them like twelve times in a conversation. I but I, I I wouldn't want that. I love I, you. I don't want to see you burn. He's got that uh, <laughs> either New Zealand or Australian. <laughs> these people, you're right. It's the wolves that plant that idea, and so you've got all these hapless Christians who are like, well, they just I, they just need somebody to reach out and be kind to them. They're tired of people beating them over the head with the Bible and not loving them. And it's like, man, you are you cannot be more out of touch. Nobody has ever told that person they're going to burn. No one. No. 
Nobody's yeah. ever told them they're going to burn. And also, it's the wolf who wants you to come out and reach out to them and extend the olive branch. The wolf is the one demanding that you act more, quote, Christ-like, which Christ. in this ter- right. in this sense means who Who nice. he is simultaneously <laughs> rejecting. Right. I don't want to put myself under the authority of Jesus, but this is how you should live because you claim to be under the authority of Jesus. Right. It's just... And then what happens yeah. to the sheep? Yeah. The sheep gets picked off. The sheep gets devoured. The sheep become the sheep gets converted into right. a wolf, not the other way around. And it's like we know, we know your intentions started out good. We know that you had this like great dream of of furthering, extending the kingdom. I don't know that. I I do think that I don't they know that. Want... I'm suspicious of that. I think there's. I think there's. Are we still talking about the guy in church who was like, "How do we reach the wolves?" I think that he genuinely does have this desire to seek and save the lost. I think he likes the Bible. I think he loves Jesus. I think he has a burden for the lost. I think he would like to have the best. You know, I think he'd like to see the kingdom expanded. And he's just an idiot. I think that... Well, sheep are stupid. And I say that with love because, again, we're, we're family and I'm the sister and that's my brother and I can't even begin to estimate how many times I have said that my brothers are idiots in the past Right, and we have said, and it's been a while since we've said this, so Carl, if you haven't heard this before, that there's all of these, all of this bad behavior boils down into two possible things. Either you're stupid or you're wicked. And so... (laughs) So it's better to be an idiot. It's better to be an idiot. And (laughs) and we've, we've said that, and we've been through this many times, but I'm giving you the benefit of a doubt when I say you're an idiot. Right, and if you're saying, I don't know that, I don't know if they really want to save the lost. I'm like, no, I don't think that my brothers in Christ in church are actually wicked. I don't think that they're actually trying to get the lost. I I agree, I agree. They're they're simple, they're dumb. We have have such a burden for the lost. Okay, you have a burden for the lost. (laughs) Okay. And that makes them the weakest and most vulnerable in the flock. They're, they're the ones who are the most in danger when they're standing out there trying to be a bridge. I'm going to build a bridge. It's like, you're going to be the first to fall in the river and go over the waterfall. Please stop. <laughs> Please stop trying to be the bridge that Jesus already was. Please come back over here. Bah. What, bah. Upsets, what upsets people when, when you or John or me lately speak is that we do so without hesitation or without right without qualifying without second guessing we know that we are right right and when you have that confidence and you aren't afraid to show it right it upsets people one of the things that i routinely hear is from some of these women have been where did you go to seminary or you know (laughs) what church are you a pastor of that Mm -hmm. you think you could so confidently say this stuff or Mm -hmm. just recently where's your early childhood education degree right it's like Okay, you've right. lost the argument if you're appealing to authority because you can't argue with what I'm saying. Well, the thing is that the, that, that that is an endless demand for credentials. I mean, if you've been right. to school, if you did have a degree in child development, then they would just ask for something else. Oh, yeah. well, how long have you been a pastor? Oh, you've never been a pastor? Well, then I get blah, 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 blah. Or if, or if you were, had been in child development and you'd been a pastor, then it would have been, you know, well, well what do you know about you don't neurodivergence? He literally yeah. said, you know, my wife has been homeschooling, has years and years of experience, including with people, kids with severe, you know, behavioral special needs and things. And our son would have been diagnosed on the spectrum if we were pursuing a diagnosis like that. And, you right. know, all of these things. We've been homeschooling for years. And How many hours in the classroom do you no, have? No, her response to that was, well, God bless you. I do hope that you will 
find a way to learn more about what you're trying to talk about. <laughs> Your children will benefit greatly if you do. If you like, if you would just get if you would just be exactly like me <laughs> in what you think. Your children would benefit. And it's like, what part did you not understand of he's thriving? He, right. We are doing, Luke told her, we're doing the opposite, intentionally, the opposite of what most experts are saying in these mommy support groups where they advocate for their children for various things. We're doing the opposite. Right. And yes, I speak with great confidence on the subject because, <laughs> because I've been saying for years how ridiculous it is for a woman to raise her hand and say, my education failed me, and this is the place I was oh not okay. I was constantly, constantly burning out. I thought I had to... I constantly perfect. scratch until I bleed. I've got I've trauma. <laughs> I've got trauma. My hair is falling out. All My children are not have okay. not spoken to me. Here, here's I it. am addicted to a Look bunch around. of substances. Look around. This is literally verbatim. Look around, she says. Most of us aren't doing okay <laughs> you don't have to tell us that don't, we've read the thread don't we want things to be better for our kids and i'm like yes and that is why everything you're saying is getting thrown out the most window most of us are not okay so let's do more of what we did to get here no no that's not it they're not trying to do more of they're trying to do literally the opposite of what was done for them in schools because because they're not okay they think that makes sense they think they're going to just take the fact that recess was taken away from them when they were in school. Oh, what we need to do is make it a rule that no one is allowed to miss recess. Oh, I know. We were assigned homework when we were in school, and we're not okay. Therefore, we're going to stop assigning homework for our kids and demand that they not be assigned homework because all right, then so, they'll be better. All right. So let me... It's the reasoning of a ask, not okay person. Let me ask a, a question straight up. I... Did, I never had to miss recess. Uh-huh. I, I never. Me I never had. Never. No. Um. I wait. I take it back. This is. There was one time where I had to miss recess because the kids in my class were playing a game. It involved dandelions and scratching arms. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the game. It, yeah. I was in first grade. I was really little. Yep. And I got my arm scratched. It was some kind of a like initiation you know, rite of passage thing that they were trying to... It was a violation of the school. They were trying to nip it in the bud because there was violence. And I had scratches on my arms, and they asked me if I had been involved in this game, and they looked at my arms, and I had said no, because I didn't know what game they were even referring to. But they looked at my arms, and there were scratches on them, and they were like, you're in trouble for being part of this game and for lying about it. And so I missed recess. And if you think... That that wouldn't be getting me points if I wanted to go sob about it in a mommy support group. You yeah. don't know what it's like. In well, there. I'm asking because okay, these kids missed recess or they had to endure some sort of punishment and they're still not okay. Well, I am okay, and I didn't ever have to miss recess. So you're making don't they their, have a point? You're, yeah, making their point for them. Don't they have a point? Yeah, they think. So a guy like me who's doing pretty okay. I wonder why. Well, because, John, you never got kept inside for recess. You never got punished in school. Right. That's literally what they think. So. Literally. Because, again. So what's wrong with their, what's wrong with their premise? They're not okay. 
That's what's wrong. <laughs> they should have stopped talking after admitting that right, they, right, don't, right, right. But, they but, don't handle but, life well. Right, they you, all have mental health issues. <laughs> they got anxiety and depression. They don't function in social right, circles. But the, what they saying, talk too much. The they're reason, realizing it's because they have adult ADHD. And gosh, we just love to talk so much. And it's just so But fun. the reason that I am okay <laughs> is because I did not get punished in school. So, so how do you... So how do we explain to them? You can't explain it to a person who's not okay. Yeah. You can only agree with them. You didn't get them. punished in school because you didn't do anything punish-worthy. They think that the kids who are neurodivergent, you can't punish them because it's not their fault. Right. It's it's their it's the issue. No, made. right. I'm try I am I'm genuinely trying to to understand their position. Which is antithetical to they, the gospel. And I understand why they think what they think because they're looking at a guy like me and going, well, yeah, he no, didn't, have, he didn't get mistreated looking, in no, school. No, they're not looking at a guy like you. They don't think I'm okay They either. don't look at you because they're too busy looking at themselves. They never stop <laughs> thinking about themselves yeah. and their own every experience. Every day this week has All the been time. an online journal entry. Of yep. the adventures of this it's the three neurodivergent days kid. into school. They they started school three days ago, and every day it's been a new saga, a new leg but of the journey. And now he they, doesn't have to go to school because he doesn't feel safe. Yep. So they're not okay. They're and not we okay. can agree that they're not okay. Yes, but they will be but, horribly offended if you agree with them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> that's what's funny that's about what an okay per, a But not that's okay the only response. The only but thing how do you say, know? Like, how do you know... How do you know that you're not okay? Unless, not. unless you're comparing your, you gotta have some basis of comparison, no. right? No, just life is hard. I mean, I know I'm okay because I'm comparing myself to these no, people. No, you're okay because you have accepted that some things are hard and that there's nothing anybody <laughs> needs to do to fix it. And they are not okay because life is hard and they refuse, refuse to accept it. They will not live in reality because reality feels harsh. Because God has ordained that some of us, there's a time to weep. There's a time to cry. There's a time to destroy. There's a time it, There's a time for mourning. And there's they a time to gather stones together. They are really, really struggling with the fact that there is struggling. And the more they struggle, the more they freak out thinking, oh, somebody be somewhere struggling. needs to do something about this. Right. I'm Life getting is triggered. hard, therefore we need to tax the rich. Life, Life is, is hard, hard, therefore... We need to yeah. put Donald Trump in jail. Yes. Everyone needs an IEP. Everybody needs an individualized education plan, which yeah. allows them to want to do their homework, to give them the time necessary to be the best person they can be. What does it mean to be the best person you can be? Well, that means that you are mostly happy. all you know, As much as possible, all the time, You're, if possible, you're going to be happy and enjoy going to school, enjoy going to work, enjoy all of the things that you have to do on a daily basis. So what if we do put Donald Trump in jail? Will that make a bunch of people happy? Uh, it actually will probably temporarily make them feel a high that they also get shortly after changing medications and starting a new dosage. So yes, in a way, that's what they've come to know as happiness, is this chemical reaction in their brain. And it's super sad. It's sad because, again, Luke tried to offer our own experience, our experience. He tried to say... My own experience. We've got this kid... Your lived experience. We've got yeah. this kid who's thriving. We've got a kid who has spent years of his life now being told that life's not fair, but that, but that if you take responsibility, then you can have authority, too, that goes with it. And it's hard, but then also you'll be proud of a yourself. A lot of tears. A lot of temper so tantrums. Daily. Yeah. Daily fighting over homework. Daily. 
And so now he goes to school and like kind of enjoys it. He's thriving, like Luke said. He he spent the last week and a half setting out his clothes the night before, packing his own lunches. He's bringing home reports of things that happened in class. He told me this. He told me a couple days ago. Um, I'm going to take an apple. I said, you can take an. He goes, can I take an apple? I said, are you going to eat it? He goes, uh, no, no, but the teacher will. And I said, you want to take an apple for your teacher? And he goes. Another kid took a, a plant, so I want to bring something. So he was planning to take an apple to his teacher. I uh-huh. said, just hang on. He's I, doing okay. We'll find something we can give your teacher. So she's, <laughs> so, a, she's so wonderful. Oh, it's too bad <laughs> you didn't have a pineapple. Here's a cricket I he's found. Seriously, <laughs> he's like thriving because I have been telling him principles, certain values of ours for years. I've been hammering them home, and I even said to the head of school at his new school. Mm. I said, what I'm mostly interested in is showing the boy now that it's not just mom. I'm not the only one. It might be mom and like two others left in Kokomo who actually hold these values <laughs> because everybody else is going to college to get a psychology degree or a child development degree and they're right. losing their ever-loving minds. But it's not just mom uh. who says that you got to do hard work because it'll pay off later. You also have this guy who... You know, is going to be your head of school, who's going to also be the track coach, and he's going to push you to do hard things in college. Colin was out at cross country yeah. practice in the pouring rain. In the pouring Their rain. Their first practice, and they were out in pouring rain. And they were, I mean... They were th- still running. They were still running, and you know that they were they were feeling pretty good about that. Look at <laughs> us out here running in the He tells rain. me, so there's a motto that they have on the back of their shirt. It comes from um, Charlotte Mason, and it's about... Um, affirmations i guess but before they were new agey and weird it was it's about finding your identity in christ and she says we should remember we should always tell i tell ourselves i am a child of god um i ought let's see how's it go i am i can I can glorify him. I ought to do his will. I'll bet, I'll bet Colin could say it. I will. Well, he probably doesn't know the whole thing because the no. only thing they have on the back of their shirt is I can, I I am, I can, I ought, I will. And that's what they cheer at the end of every practice. That's their, they put their hands in and they say that. He told me today that when he was doing the 3K, which is almost two miles, mm. he said he was chanting that in his head as really? he's running. Yep. As in he, and when his friend comes over the finish line, I was over there, and as his friend crosses finish line, he yells to him, "Hey, how bad does your tummy hurt right now?" <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> hey, how bad does your tummy hurt? But I don't have a tummy. What was I saying with this? Oh, I was saying that we're very, very intentionally putting him in an environment where people reinforce that mindset and not what was right. said to Luke earlier today by a grown adult who feels pretty proud of herself for saying, well, you know, if it's too much struggle, it really does break some people. It's like, you you poor, pitiable woman. Right. You put that seed in my nine-year-old boy, he will immediately think he's dying because his tummy hurts while he's running. Right. He's not going to be chanting, I can, I am, I ought, I will. He's going to be, he's going to be saying... This is too hard. This is so too hard. This is too hard. Because some woman who thinks she's an expert said to me that suffering too much can break me. What absolute drivel. Right. I, I will never put my son, my my precious boy who I'm trying to instill values in, I will never put him in a classroom with a woman like that. I don't care how many college degrees she has. It's well, they they awful. hear they hear me say that 
you know, I'm against coddling, and what right. what they imagine is a guy with a whip on his children. Well, they they hear you say, "I'm against kindness. I'm against nurturing. No. I'm against." They hear you say, "I'm against coddling," and they go, "Oh crap, that's me." And they cannot admit it to themselves. And then there are women who want to prove they're not coddling because they say, I have been working so hard. You don't see the phone calls, the meetings, all the testing, all the doctor's appointments. You don't see all that. And it's like, sweetheart, that's that's coddling. coddling. You're exhausted because you are doing all of this stuff. You should not be You are trying to build a world of pillows around your child so that he cannot... That's coddling. It's exhausting. If you think that coddling means you don't do anything, you're not understanding what I mean by coddling. Coddling means you're living the life he's supposed to be living himself. Coddling means you're taking all the consequences for both of your behaviors on yourself. And now you're bankrupt. Every time he texts, every time these children, they have their phones in school, first of all. What the heck? Why why does a high schooler have a phone in school? (laughs) Second of all, they're texting their mothers in the middle of class every time they feel, quote, unsafe. I am sorry, that is not a symptom of a different brain development. That's not a symptom symptom of the no. shape of a person's mind. That's what happens to any brain. Any brain will act like that when it's caught. Yeah. Any brain will go, oh, mom is going to jump into action. And she's also going to feel pretty good about this. And she's going to get invited by other people to come give speeches and talks at my yeah. school. Give, if I keep workshops. behaving this way. If I keep texting, oh, I yeah. just feel like there's a bully really close by and I don't feel safe. Like, yep. That's going to work out really great for both of you temporarily, and uh, well, it's going to ruin is, your lives long term. The thing that that is that we've and I know we've talked about this before too, but everything comes back around, and that you know the neurodivergent, the mental health, the, the self care, the emotional coddling, whatever you want to call it, that is absolutely an idol in our culture. And if yeah. you were to say, for example, you know I don't I don't agree with coddling children. I mean, you you've just you just advocated for child abuse. You know, it's it's like that. He said he's kind of like child. He doesn't want to take care. You can't. You can't. Right. You can't smirk if somebody says my child is neurodivergent. Right. Because it's a very real thing. Right. They can't explain to you what it is. I don't think there's any defined parameters mm-hmm. for what a neurodivergent person is. It really says more about what kind of a mom you have than well, one it says of anything about you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. If you're, it's of, true. One of the men. What does it mean men, to be a Nordic? One of the men who have a crazy mother. On that thread, uh, in his Facebook like bio, like the first thing it says is like ADHD. And right. I was like, that's a problem. If that is how you, your ide- that's your number yeah. one defining characteristic that you want people to know. I mean. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's Attention deficit disorder. And I, AD, what was it called? It was ADT, attention deficit disorder, which I don't think they call it that anymore because we don't like the word disorder. But when when I was in school, there were kids who were diagnosed as having attention deficit. And I remember thinking, even when I was in elementary school, it's like, well, everybody Everybody daydreams, right? Everybody has trouble paying attention. Everybody gets bored. I had this conversation out. with Luke in college. I was getting tired of him trying to tell me all the different tactics he's he's going to use to help him study for the test better. And I'm like, I've watched you in your attempts to like control your ADHD. Your methods are making it worse. Like yeah. you're, you're thinking <laughs> too much about the fact that you're not thinking about the right things. Like just sit yeah. down. There's and do there's it. a lot of escapism. <laughs> it's, 
Well, but it gives you, that's, that's my point. You give a label to a kid and you tell a child, okay, you're ADHD. And so then, and that's your point that you then move through life with that, with that visor in front of you. And now, now I'm a person with attention deficit. I'm a person who's neurodivergent. Everything's going to be harder for me than it is for everybody else, which is something that nobody can quantify anyway. I mean, who knows how hard it is for me? Here's a common mom I have. I told her as an adult, I told her, I have some of the same symptoms as Colin, which are some of the same symptoms that would have labeled me as on the autism spectrum. If I wanted to go and get diagnosed with adult ADHD or autism spectrum disorder, the things the things that I used to do with my hands, with twitching my hands and um, my the way that I prefer to learn, the way that like some of my social things, you know, just stuff like that. I I know for sure that I could be diagnosed. You know what my mom said? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Just you didn't have you weren't on the spectrum. And I was like, well, technically it's a spectrum, so literally everybody falls on it somewhere. Like right. it's just like <laughs> how extreme. It's, it's handy to call it a spectrum because everybody's on it. And don't dare me because I'm a millennial and I can find a chart somewhere that proves <laughs> Me, right. Something that I want to hear. Uh, but that's my mom for you. Like, it was like, what good is it going to do to get me labeled with something? How's that going to change things for the better? It's only going to, it's only going to pigeonhole. And ironically, that was the comment that was made that set off this particular mother. There was another mother who was asking for questions about how, or asking for advice on how to help her first grader do homework. And she's like, I know she's got ADHD, but I don't want to get her diagnosed. And right. I don't want to have her... Start right. down the trail. I don't want that to be her identity. I don't want to go to the school and ha- yeah. and start her on the machine. I don't right. want to put her in this, you know, this roller coaster that we know it is. <laughs> the other mothers were like, you will never be able to get off of it. <laughs> and the mothers who are already on the ride are like, we are so offended that you don't want to join us up here and be as crazy as we you are. Don't want, you don't want to doom your child to a life of. I almost dependency said, on drugs. And, I almost said, I would kind of like to know that mother's name because I would be glad to private messenger and let her know that all of those women who cared so much about helping her with her first grader <laughs> have been gossiping about her all day. <laughs> all day. Uh, I'm hey. sorry. What did you say? I zoned out. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got you. I get it. <laughs> Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.